Women deserve to be heard. Women deserve to live long lives and not die unnecessarily from health issues, whether it be breast, pancreatic, be it ovarian or uterine or skin cancers or whatever it might be, brain unnecessarily because research and funding isn't there. Women deserve to be treated as first-class citizens. Women deserve to be taken notice of when they say something isn't right. Respect that they mean what they say and that they're not a bitch and they're not complaining. They're actually trying to be vulnerable and speak up on their behalf or the ones that they love. Pay attention to what women are saying because they matter. Welcome to the 64th episode of the Can't Beat Be Uncensored podcast. This drop is a very passionate and personal conversation about the reasons why being heard, being seen, and advocating for oneself is the most imperative and why women's health and funding is so underrated and why, why you must hear and share this gift for the holiday season for this conversation is exactly why I launched this platform. So with that said, pull up a seat, gather around the campfire, and listen in and share this very personal conversation of my journey and so many women's journeys, as well as so many people's journeys, and why it's so important to participate in what I believe to be one of the most important conversations of all my conversations that I've had up till now. So I look forward to you listening for the next 40 minutes and sharing what I know to be something that is life-changing. Here we go. So it's December 12th. In 2022. Normally, I would have already launched this morning my next episode, which, by the way, I've been doing for those of you who don't know. I've been producing the Camp VP Uncensored podcast for now <clears throat> close to 14 months since uh, late October 2022 when I first launched. And over this time, I've launched now um, over 63 episodes. This one, I believe, is going to be the 64th original episode. And I was going to record yesterday, and normally I actually have a guest on. And the last few episodes I haven't, it's actually been just myself. And the reason why I decided to continue it being by myself 
uh, is because uh, these last few weeks have been quite a journey. And the topic that I want to talk about today is cancer is a journey. And some of you will find this as a shock. Some of you will find this enlightening. Some of you will lean in. Some of you will go, I don't want to hear this. This has nothing to do or relate to me. Let me share with you that uh, we'd all love to think that. We'd all love nothing more than to think that this is never going to be a subject that touches our lives and that has any negative effect. And it's just a word we hear and it's just a word that um, somebody else goes through that, but not me or not anybody I love. And uh, I certainly would have loved to have thought the same thing. Um, With that said, I think that uh, it unfortunately is something that I need to put some color on my lips because I just need color. You know what? Girlfriend needs color because what have I been doing? I'm jumping around, but here you go. That's right. I need some color. The reason why uh, I need color is because I'm recuperating from a surgery. A surgery where it's been determined that I have early stage three ovarian cancer. And last week, exactly last week, uh, this, this mon- uh, a week ago Monday, all my reproductive organs were taken out because they had found a mass. And the irony to that, and the reason why I want to have this conversation and The reason why I have this platform is because conversation and connection is so important. And this last week has proven to me more than ever why being vulnerable, being willing to have a conversation, having a platform like this, having the opportunity to help others, inform others, educate others, I hope entertain others, but really make people want to listen is because, not because I'm here to hear myself talk, but because I'm here to share things. And last week, I fairly quietly with my husband went into the hospital after months and months of reaching out to experts and saying something wasn't right. Though I felt strong and though I looked good and though I was doing great things and I was working and having all these amazing, wonderful opportunities and doing just feeling my best and being my best life, there was something very quietly going on that I was reaching out to my experts and seeing my experts in the medical field saying something's not right. And I didn't say this in a a Facebook post that ended up reaching thousands of people, but I'm going to say it here on my platform because I think it's seriously really important for people to pay attention to the signs. See, the reason why I want to talk about cancer as a journey is because that's just what it is. I'm a survivor of four bouts of thyroid cancer between the years of 2011 and 2016. And papillary thyroid cancer is the cancer that they say, oh, if you're going to get cancer, this is the cancer to get because you're not going to die from it. Okay, great. (laughs) But it's still cancer. 
and you still have a lot of things you go through, crazy stories that I'm not gonna get into at the moment. But in the current situation, the reason why I'm so passionate about this is because being diagnosed now with early stage of stage three ovarian cancer is I was speaking up. I was asking questions. I was not keeping it to myself. And I kept showing up persistently. And being somebody who was very science-minded, was pre-med, wanted to go into the medical world, couldn't continue to do it because of financials, you know, and just God damn it, as a woman, there are just so many layers of this onion that I could get into regarding life and how women are treated and so on and so forth. And this has just lit me up. So here's the deal. In August, I reached out to a bunch of my experts saying something was going on that wasn't normal. What was it? What is it? Lean in. It wasn't incontinence. It wasn't I was peeing on myself. I was just out of nowhere starting to discharge a little bit of what would be considered urine, but not because I had an urgency and not because I was urinating on myself. So let's just make it very clear. Matter of fact, I was super healthy. I lost a lot of weight. My, excuse me, medical terminology, my vaginal walls were tight and I had no signs of any reason for anything like this to happen. And you know what the answer was from all my doctors? Oh, this is what women go through. And I literally said to all of them, what an appalling response that you are saying and giving to women. How fucking dare women get this response. And yet the problem wasn't being found. It wasn't being solved. I had had an ultrasound from my gynecologist. There was a cyst, but a cyst that was supposedly not a problem and we were going to watch, oh, maybe it's a maturation of your vaginal lining. And let's do what the French do, which is a Mona Lisa, which is to stimulate the walls. So your the thickening of your walls can occur. My walls didn't need to be fucking thickened. God damn it. On the contrary, I was perfectly fine. Sex wasn't an issue. All those things were not an issue. But I went on with it, and it was a cosmetic treatment. It was a cosmetic treatment that went on for three sessions over every four to six weeks. And after those sessions, there was another ultrasound, and the cyst was still there. And I and 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 what I didn't get in between all of this to share was about a month or so after the leaking started, did I start to see a little bit of blood? And, and in all of this going on, the reason why I wanted to share this was because women are going through things that are getting passed over. Women are going through things that they're too afraid or vulnerable or embarrassed to talk about. Why? Because they're passed off as things aren't important. They're passed off as things just don't matter. But what it ends up being is their health is at risk. And in that particular situation, when I knew things weren't normal and I knew 
that it was important for me to speak up, that I knew that I needed to, to get to the bottom of things. And nobody was giving me an answer. And so after that last session, I literally said, enough. I need more imaging. And then I said, even though my gynecologist scripted me imaging, he happens to be out of network. Look at, I'm lucky to have medical insurance and I work my ass off and my husband works his ass off to have our medical insurance. But I also know that working within a system is extremely important. And I didn't know that because of my insurance and my status that I could have gotten imaging from anybody. So I thought I had to work in network. So I asked my gynecologist to please communicate with my internist and to make sure that we get my imaging right away. Well, that motherfucker in that situation all took over another three weeks. The reason why I'm bringing this up is I'm not complaining about me. I'm trying to let people know I'm a fucking advocate. I am a no balls. I am balls to the wall, like make this shit happen kind of a producer. And when I'm like that and the things took what they took, I can only imagine for those who don't need to know how to advocate, don't know how to speak up, accept things as they are, how internally you are dying at the cost of other people's lack of intensity and focus. And you cannot be like that. You must, must care like it's your last goddamn breath. So after all of that was said and done, like I said, it took about another three weeks where I literally had to go in and see my internist for a referral. My internist knows me very well. He actually asked me to go back to med school three years ago before the pandemic actually occurred. So we need doctors like you. We, we, we need you to go back to med school. And at first I thought he was kidding me, frankly. And, and, the, and the truth was he wasn't kidding me. He said, no, in fact, we need doctors like you who care, who, who have this approach of how you communicate and how you teach and how you apply and how you relate. And at the time I said to him, yeah, that's, that's not happening. I'm not going into debt for $200,000 and stopping working and all the things, but I still do very much love helping heal people and guide people and inform people and connect people and why I am who I am. And so inevitably I did get my MRI and I got my MRI the very next morning. And again, the reason why I'm telling this very detailed story is because somebody out there needs to hear this. Somebody out there is going through this and somebody out there needs to be saved. Their lives need to be saved. Millions and millions of women are dying every day, every year from cancers unnecessarily so. Why? Because there is no money and research put into their lives because they don't matter. Let me tell you a little something about being a pre-med student in the 80s. I learned at a very young age 
that women don't matter. I learned at a younger age that subject, but I learned at that stage how that didn't matter. And sadly and unfortunately, all these years later, nothing's changed. My point to that is, is that when I got that MRI back, or when that MRI rather got done the very next morning on a Friday morning, which was just three weeks ago, the radiologist immediately called my doctor and my doctor immediately called me where I was at work. And I got this information shared with me that was heart stopping and devastating and maddening and upsetting. Why? because I had been speaking up and I'd at that point been speaking up for months. And the reason for my maddening was because I wanted to fucking take some people out. I don't mean like a threat. I mean like I had every reason to be upset and mad and sad when I was trying to I mean, not in a million years did I think that this was going to be information down the pike where there was a possibility of ovarian cancer based upon what the radiator, uh, radiologist was reading on this MRI and how I needed to go see an oncologist. And man, oh man, I'll tell you what I said to my internist right then and there, you need to get me the best gynecological oncologist stat now. You need to get me all the blood panels stat now because whomever I land in uh, their office, I am making certain that they have all the information when I show up versus then having to go through all that. And so from then going forward, that very day while working, thanks to my dear friend who I was working with, who also is a survivor of breast cancer, I just plowed forward. I focused on my work while I was focusing on taking care of getting this problem solved. And my internist did get me a referral to the top team at UCLA, but they couldn't see me till December 15th. People, today is December 12th. That was three weeks ago. Now, like I said, four months have gone by since I started experiencing this stuff. I was saying, that's not acceptable. I proceeded to call my gynecologist's office who wasn't in at the time, but one of his partners was, and I proceeded to ream her a new asshole. I'll be frank, I was so mad. I was so mad that I said, if women are actually being treated like this collectively, fucking how dare you all? How fucking dare you all when women don't even know how to show up asking the right questions, are too ashamed, are too embarrassed, or maybe they show up and then they're mistreated. In my case, completely mistreated. There's, I, I should have, I mean, we, we, we knew that a cyst was not normal for me, but it was like, oh no, we'll watch this. Oh no, we'll watch this. <laughs> when an MRI reveals that there's a mass in my pelvic area? Are you effing kidding me? 
And then everybody has the audacity to say, oh, think positively. Oh, fuck you. Of course I'm thinking positively. Why do you think I've been proactive? I mean, don't insult me. Don't insult me and tell me I'm not supposed to get mad. I'm just supposed to be positive. This is how you get cured. Yeah, I get it. Trust me. I know how to lead with positivity. I also know how to fucking get to the truth. And I also know how to inspire and to be honest and, and to be the, the authentic human being that I am. Because I, this is not my ego leading. I'm here to be a teacher and a healer. And I'm here to inspire and to change the world for the better. And I'm here to raise women up. And if this is part of what I'm doing, then so fucking be it. <sighs> So after I reamed this partner, a new asshole, I said, now you better fucking give me the best gynecological oncologist I can lay my hands on stat now. And she gave me three names in LA, of one of which I reached out to directly. I wasn't, I was even trying to get hold of my internist, get a referral. And I kept calling, calling, calling. And I was like getting really rude front people. And I wasn't being rude ironically. And, and, and trust me, <laughs> in the end, those people were um, spoken to because, you know, if you're the first person that people make contact in the medical world or any world, and you're the person that is the connector, the vessel to the source, and you're in a medical field, do you not think compassion and empathy is something you should have in your arsenal? I think so. I think you should find your, your, your place and that you should have really good listening skills and you should be really kind on the other end of the phone. Because if you're not, somebody like me is going to report you because after so many rude, rude conversations, I'm going to say enough is enough. And I'm going to say enough is enough for a lot of people. And I've gotten to this place where enough is enough. And that's what you're hearing in this podcast. And the reason why I think it's so important to speak up is because people are silently dying from so many versions of cancer, brain, skin, bladder, pancreatic, prostate, prostate, ovarian, uterine, breast, thyroid, esophageal, throat, optical, um, colon, stomach, liver. I mean, the motherfucking list goes on and on and on. Why people? Because it all takes research. It all takes funding. And if you're not at the top of the list of importance, and those are things like <laughs> prostate and breast, because it's either the penis or the fucking breast that people are obsessed with, you're not going to get, you're not, you're not going to get saved in this journey. And it, it, unless you are the advocate. And so in my situation, once I got this information, I picked up the phone and I made the phone call. I did not wait. And thankfully the person that answered the phone, thankfully said, I'm pulling up your MRI right now. And though this doctor is very busy, I'm going to let him know and he gets to make the choice. And if he decides, he will make a choice. And thankfully, two hours later, I got a phone call from that office saying that that man wanted to see me the following Tuesday. And that was a Tuesday before Thanksgiving of 2022. I was like, thank God 
You are an angel. Now we're going somewhere. I made sure that very next day, thanks to my internist, that I had all the cancer blood panels ready to go. I went in, I had the blood work, so that stuff could be pulled up on that Tuesday and, and that, those results would be available. And on that Tuesday, I went in and I was fortunate enough to get a really great residency who works with this oncologist who happened to be somebody who I found extremely relatable. I probably could have even had her as a daughter, ironically, but there were so many things that were so familiar to me. I felt like she was a girl I could have gone to camp or was one of my campers. And sure enough, I wasn't wrong. It wasn't that she went to the same camp that I went to as many of my dear friends went to or that as a camp counselor, but she was from the same area. She was originally from the North Shore of Chicago. She did go to summer camp in Wisconsin and she did go to NYU after I asked her where she went to med school. And I asked her if she was able to receive the scholarship that was so beautifully funded by some philanthropists. So med school students could get out without the worrisome of a debt hanging over their heads. So they could go do the things that they were setting out to passionately do, which was to be healers in the medical world. She aligned with all that. And I think because of that and because of who I showed up being, when the doctor came in to see my husband and me, I think he already knew who he was dealing with besides already the reports. And the first thing he said to me was, after he introduced himself to both myself and my husband, was, I understand you haven't been heard. I'm here to hear you. And I'm here to cure you. For anybody who has never felt heard is looking to resolve things that they know aren't normal. This is like an angel landing in front of us. Not just me, but us. Because my husband knew the whole time. My God, I had been to the pharmacy more times buying fucking pads and just making sure that I wasn't soaking my underwear and doing the things that I never, ever did all of a sudden out of nowhere I'm doing. Not soaking, but just just wanting to be clean. I'm out on location. I'm all over the place. I'm working in all sorts of elements. And I... I'm working closely with people and this is not something that I, I mean, I pride myself on being very well presented. And, and at the same time, I know that this is going on, not that it's anybody's business, though I'm making it people's business now. Why? Because I'm trying to teach the importance of what is. This would be no different than me teaching you why it's important to have multiple orgasms or why it's important to converse and why, as I put it, my mission is we're the greatest bank account, each other. This is my why. This is why I do this platform because these conversations and sharing and being vulnerable are so very, very important. Gratefully, this man went right in 
asked if I was open to having a public exam, which was called the Corkscrew Public Exam, where he wanted to make sure that no matter came out of me, which thankfully didn't. Thankfully, my blood work was normal. By the way, this is all very private information I'm sharing that I'm making very public for a reason, again, to teach, not to put my shit out, out, there, out there, but somebody's got to, to share as an example so you know the questions to ask, you know the things that matter. And if you have questions, feel free to reach out because uh, it's not like I'm setting up some PayPal situation where, hey, you pay me and make shitloads of money like everybody else on the fucking internet. No. Yeah. I love making money. I want to take care of my family. But what's most important right now is how people feel heard, how people learn to ask questions, and how people can live a life of a healthy, long, loving example of experiencing life at its fullest. Long story short, I ended up after all those things going through, being told that we needed to do a CT scan with contrast and make sure that nothing else was going on in my upper body. And if nothing else was going on in my upper body, then we had one of two plans of attack. We were either going to have to go in and do chemo or we are going to go in and have to do surgery. I was told because it's the end of the year and because that everybody's trying to have surgery. I thought it was because everybody wants to have plastic surgery in this goddamn town, but it's obviously because of insurance deductibles that I was gonna have a very difficult time getting in for a CT scan. And I thought to myself, you don't know who you're dealing with. Oh no, I'll, I'll have that CT scan by tomorrow. And tomorrow, meaning Wednesday, the day before Thanksgiving. The bottom line was I was all about intention. I had made a decision and I was all about intention. And this is something I talk about a lot, what applies to a lot of different things in life, is you've got to make a decision with intention and then go forward with that intention. It doesn't matter if it's in your career, in your personal life, in your health, in your wealth, whatever. In this particular case, this is how I was applying it. And when we left that office, I told my husband I didn't even want to leave that space so I could try to make that appointment. And unfortunately, within that last hour, I wasn't successful. But the very next morning, I woke up and it was 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. And I reached out to my internist and my gynecologist and I insisted on them figuring it out on my behalf to get me in for a CT scan that day. And thankfully, thankfully, I think after the opportunity to read my own gynecologist, a new asshole, the morning before I saw the oncologist. I think he was so goddamn scared of me that he made certain he got me in that morning and said, no matter when she shows up, let her in. And they did. And so by the noon time of that Wednesday morning, I had already been seen, had a CT scan with contrast. I had also already found out that I was not diagnosed with uterine cancer, thank God for my oncologist. And now it was a matter of waiting to have this post. And when this post occurred on Saturday night after Thanksgiving, I was able to read the CT scan and knowing what I know about science, I thought I knew what it said, but I wanted nothing to say about it. 
until I heard from my doctors. And when I heard from my doctors on Monday, first my gynecologist and then my oncologist, the good news was nothing else was showing up. So we knew the plan of attack was to go in and to have surgery. And the plan of attack was not only to go in and have surgery, but to do it as soon as possible. And it was at that point, my doctor said that there was a cancellation of a surgical room, which was also a big deal on Monday, December 5th. <laughs> the irony was because I was booked through the 20th for all this beautiful work and opportunity that I was so excited about. I started after all this intention to negotiate with him on doing surgery for me on the 21st versus the 5th because I wanted to work and I didn't want to let people down. And I was committed and loyal as people know me to be, those who know me. And I wanted to be able to economically take care of my family. And he said, Felicia, I could do you on the 21st, but respectfully, I need to get this out of you ASAP. So I'd really like to do you on the 5th. And it was at that moment, I just had to throw up my hands and go, this is what I've been fighting for. This is what I've been, this is what I've been doing all this work for. I have to follow this man's intention. And I have to know that he's looking out for me. And what he said was, I want to cure you and I want to get this out of you as soon as possible. So Monday of last week, I went in and had a full hysterectomy, hysterectomy where everything was taken out, including the mask and anything that they could see with their naked eye. And the good news is everything went so well because. I went in strong of mind, strong physically, strong in every way capable. And ironically, things that I've talked about on this platform of the reasons why it's so important to take care of one's health and wealth. Now, ironically, one can say, yeah, well, you still, look, you still had a mass one. Yes, that is true but I didn't know that. And what has saved me and what has helped me has been the fact that I've been in good health, ultimately. I've been strong physically by the fact that I've been working out, by the fact that I've been eating well, by the fact that I've been changing my lifestyle habits, not because I haven't had good ones in the past, but Lots of different lifestyle, actual habits are not always in, um, um, uh, very easy to incorporate when you're working very long hours and film and stuff. Not excuses, just saying that things can slip away and collect. And, you know, when you're in your 20s and 30s doing film work, you think you're impervious to anything and immortal. Maybe you are. And it's not about an age thing. It's just about like things can happen. You can slip and fall. You can trip over a cable and be out. And your hands are a necessity. Your knees are a necessity. Your body structure is a necessity. Your health and wealth is a necessity. 
in this particular case, I was in great shape. I had dropped over 50 pounds and I was working out and walking all the time and getting compliments left and right. And it was very sweet. And people were looking at me like I was turning back the, the clock of time. And I really feel that way. And I still feel that way. And because of it, ironically, with this major surgery, most women I know who have had this major surgery have been bedridden for six to eight weeks, nonstop, have not barely been able to get out of bed, are unable to because of this major cut into their lower abdominal and the whole nine yards are really non-functional, have got to always have somebody around, are on a lot of pain medication, just really knock wood, this has not been my situation. Yes, I do have pain medication to help my body heal, but I have not been bedridden. I have not been debilitated because I was unconsciously, consciously preparing for this moment in my life. And what it really made me realize is my ability to continue to speak and walk in this talk. The importance of, as I work with people who specifically focus and people who are getting mature over the age of 40, and whether they maybe have gone through health issues like cancer, how they recover, and how they use healthy foods and whole foods to, to supplement and nourish their bodies, to heal their bodies in all the ways. I do really believe that this is what's keeping me strong in mind, strong in my heart, strong in my healing, having me up, having me going, even walking the dogs gently with my husband, doing things to keep my body circulating, my life, my purpose, my passions, my whys. So the journey of cancer is so fucking important to talk about you may not want to hear this. Don't listen. But if you want to hear why it's so important to pay attention to the feeling of your breasts, to the blood coming out of your penis and your urine, to the reason why you can't process maybe going to the bathroom or, you know, the, the, the fog in your eye or the throwing up constantly that's, you know, leading to major migraines or whatever it is, or the skin, the largest organ in your body that needs to be protected from the sun, whatever it is internally, externally, that you are of all aspects to function, whether it is genetically in your lineage or not, whether it's environmental, genetics, or just by fucking chance. If you are somebody who loves somebody or hopefully have enough self-love, and I don't mean an ego, I mean just enough self-love of preservation, 
pay the fuck attention. Pay attention to the importance of why money and research towards medical research for all things regarding getting answers to solving and curing versus all these pills and such. And when it comes to women's health, it is so very, very important for us to stop, look, and listen. Women deserve to be put up on pedestals. Women deserve to be heard. Women deserve to live long lives and not die unnecessarily from health issues, whether it be breast, pancreatic, be it ovarian or uterine or skin cancers or whatever it might be, brain unnecessarily because research and funding isn't there. Women deserve to be treated as first class citizens. Women deserve to be taken notice of when they say something isn't right. Respect that they mean what they say and that they're not a bitch and they're not complaining. They're actually trying to be vulnerable and speak up on their behalf or the ones that they love. Pay attention to what women are saying because they matter. Yes, cancer is a journey. I still have more of a journey. I look forward to inspiring millions of women and men. And I look forward to saving, knock wood, hopefully many millions of people's lives, either by hearing me or by seeing me or by being inspired by me and speaking up like I'm speaking up because we all deserve to live and thrive in the healthiest, wealthiest way that we know possible. So on that note, I look forward to you hearing this. I look forward to you speaking up. I look forward to you contributing and hearing what you have to say about this actual particular podcast. I look forward to continuing to use my voice on the Camp Fifi Uncensored podcast and spreading enlightenment and connecting and having conversations that matter. And where the spirit is young, the soul is wise, and the life stories are vast. And where I like to talk about everything from soup to nuts, or what I like to say from cannolis to egg in the holes, and don't forget the s'mores. Because this is a place where we gather around the campfire, and we have really authentic conversations. Cancer is a journey. Pay attention. Love on the ones you love and start with yourself. Love you.